I'll be your Paul Tregurtha if you're the Portage Canal. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I haven't hit stop yet because that's the start yeah, of the podcast for one of the two weeks. <laughs> All right. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 15 of season 3 of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guy. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and what you're about to hear was recorded along with episode 14. Dustin, Rob, Matt, and I were joined by Dr. Suzanne Samregret, the athletic director at Michigan Tech, and this week's episode covers just about everything we've discussed that wasn't related to the 2021 Great Lakes Invitational or whatever you'd like to call it this year. I think we uh, coined the term Troll Hockey Holiday Classic last week. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of our discussion with Dr. Sandregret. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back going to jump right into some discussion about Dr. Bill Sproul and his books on MTU and Copper Country history, or hockey history, where Rob is making a comment. Enjoy. Yeah, Dr. Sproul is going to be at both of them, right? He'll be in East Lansing and uh, and and, and yeah. uh, the one in, in Ann Arbor as well, so... He will be, and uh, I have a couple students helping him out. So point of sales because he doesn't want to deal with that, which is good. Yeah. And he did a nice job on last week. Yeah, <laughs> he did yeah. a nice job on your podcast. And I guess I, I, I'd like just to take an opportunity to say what an incredible job that he did with the um, 100 year of hawk, 100 years of tech hockey book. Um, it's it's just been flying off the shelves. Um, I've only gotten through a little part of it, and I was so pleased that he took me up on my request that when he went into retirement, he would put this book together for us, um, which I think is done very well with um, just so much history, so many things I didn't know that I'm learning. And uh, he really has been a, just a great ambassador for Michigan Tech Athletics throughout his time as the faculty athletic rep, and for him to put this together for us um, is a great service. So I'm really thankful to Dr. Sproul for that. No, we had a great chat with him. I'm sure we'll have him on again because I'm sure we could talk for like six more hours about tech yeah, hockey I, if we I, let him. I speed read it as much as possible to be the, uh, the the person that looked at the book before we talked to him. And I need to go through it again because I definitely 
don't feel like I did it justice in my one night of reading. <laughs> but there's there's a lot of a lot of fun nuggets in there for sure. There is. So as the faculty athletic rep, um, he traveled with me to a lot of conference meetings and often we drove downstate. So we'd be in the car for eight and 10 hours and endless trivia with him. Endless <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Baseball, college hockey, professional hockey. Um, I think the only thing Trains. Joel and I could be trains, streetcars. Yes. The only <laughs> thing Joel and I could beat him at was uh, music. You know, oh, name that tune. Yeah. So he, he's phenomenal with those topics. So very nice. fun. Yeah, both oh. that book and his book on, uh, you know, kind of the starting of professional hockey in the area too, like the Copper Country Hockey History one are, are really good. And, you know, I know there's folks that may have not walked through the D or may have not walked through the Coliseum. You know, it's well worth just taking a walk into each of those places when you're visiting the area. If you've not been, you know, to kind of see what's out there. And it's, it's, it's always fun to me to, you know, the, the rivalry between Calumet and Houghton is obviously goes back a long, long time, you know, with Portage Lake and, yeah. and, uh, and with uh, the Pioneers and the Wolverines, right? So you see their difference in how they portray college hockey or, or portray hockey in the Copper Country between those two rinks, and it's just great. They're both fantastic old rinks to go in. I'm a big fan of just going in and, and just sitting and watching some youth hockey or whatever's going on when we're back home or we bring – we bring folks in that haven't necessarily been to the Copper Country before for hockey games and try to make sure we visit those two rinks as well. They're just as important to the area as the McGinnis is, right? So it, it's fun to go to those two and see all the history that's involved with them. And then Bill does a real good job of laying all that out. Yeah, we did uh, We did a skate with the Huskies at the D earlier this year just because of the 100th year, which is going on to the 100th yeah. and first season, actually. But it's like the hundred year celebration that just is never going to end. I feel like <laughs> we just kind of keep it. Ending. But, um, uh, we, but we did a skate with skate with the Huskies at the D and I think that, um, athletes got a, you know, we gave them a little history lesson on things related to it. And, um, so it was good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, the, some of the old pictures you see where the fans are literally on top of the chain link while the, the guys are playing are just, those photos are awesome. <laughs> and I, like I mentioned it last Right. Yeah. They're just, they're literally on top of the players as they're doing stuff. And the one section, I believe in the back, you literally were over the players in a couple of the sections there uh, in the back where the, where it kind of hangs over the top on the balcony. And I mentioned it last week when we were talking to Bill, like one of the skate with the Huskies where I learned to skate was a tech player. I think at the Coliseum, it was Randy Stevens, like brought me out with a chair and helped me skate for like 15, 20 minutes. Just, you know, and I remember that still. I remember one mm-hmm. of the guys teaching me how to make sure I lift my skate up when I go to kick the puck and don't drag your skate when you're trying to control <laughs> the puck with your skate, like make sure you lift it up. And that way you can actually get a good kick on it. If you're trying to kick the puck or, or control the puck <laughs> and like doing soccer moves with my feet. Some of the guys taught me how to do that stuff when I was little. So, and you know, that's 20, 30 years later at this point from skate with the Husky stuff. I still remember that those events and doing those are awesome. It, it just connects so, so well. And to me, it seems like the players are, they love doing it too, for the most part. And those were during, you know, lean well, years, right? You're, you're not going out after a win and skating with the community for a while. You're going out after you've gotten your butt kicked, to be frank, sometimes in those old ones. So they were always really good events. And I still remember the guys that helped me out. So it's, it's a fun time. 
Yeah, and I think that still is something really important to Coach Sean is the community and, uh, you know, instilling that in our in our current team and our current student-athletes and hockey athletes that um, without, without the community, these games wouldn't be happening. And it's important that we give back and that we're the role models. And um, I also like the fact that he – um, has kind of taken a lead from our volleyball program and, and really appreciating the pep band and what they bring to the environment and thanking them at post game, which I think is a new, a new, um, I don't, it, hopefully it's a tradition. Um, it, if it happens again, when it, when it happens in further seasons, I'll call it a tradition, but he's really trying to instill that appreciation for, for not only the fans, but specifically the pep band and what they, and misfits and what they bring. So. No, I thought that was pretty cool. Was it last series where they tapped the sticks along, I think, with the pep band afterwards? Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, what I've, that, what and, I've and noticed the, is, like, right after games, yeah, right after the games, they'll do a quick salute to the Misfits, go over to the band, and do a final fight song with them before they skate off is what I was yeah, noticing. I thought that was awesome. That was yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, and he started that at the beginning of the season, so it's been good. Yeah, I haven't I haven't made it back home for a game yet this year. I've been, I was at the games in Wisconsin, but I haven't made it back home yet for one. So I didn't know that they were doing that there. What was that? I think you have a place in. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about finding a hotel. I, I haven't had that problem yet. We got, I've got the in-laws or my parents, so I'm always good there. (laughs) (laughs) They they both, both work well. We'll be back home over Christmas for, and we'll watch July maybe from, from home. We'll see how long we end up staying. But yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I just haven't, haven't made it's, it's the. Last year was the first year I didn't see a tech hockey game in person ever. It, I have been to games since I was born, at least one series a year. And last year with COVID was the first year I didn't get to go to one ever. So it was a, it was a weird year last year for all of us. <laughs> you and a lot of people, I think we had a max right. of 200 people and they mainly yeah. were parents. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it, was a, it certainly was a weird year. It was yep. very strange. Definitely. Yep. So back to some questions about the team. Um, yep. With the changes in NCA rules with the, the NIL stuff, um, has that actually happened for Michigan Tech athletes at all yet? And are there school-related limitations or state of Michigan-related limitations for what students or athletes can and cannot be sponsored by or anything like that? Yeah, so name, image, likeness. um, We probably have had about 10 in all of our 425 student athletes. And I'd say maybe two two to three are hockey student athletes. Um, They've been pretty small, um, pretty inconsequential inconsequential type things. Um, And we actually are still evaluating whether or not we want to sign on with a, um, a firm to help us manage it. But as we, we wanted to see how it went for like six months, um, we have an internal process that we are, are going through with, with each request. Um, we are pro- providing education to our student athletes as per required by the NCAA. And then we have a process in which they can request um, approval for any name image likeness deal um, all of those requests are re- reviewed by our NCA compliance, Reese Edwards, myself, and our legal counsel. Um, we have not had any that are, are questionable. We have not denied any, um, and we're still evaluating it. One of the reasons we haven't paid the dollars for an actual firm to assist us is um, 
super expensive. And we wanted to kind of see how it played out. And we also knew that we did not have any student athletes that would be considered true influencers. You know, they didn't have followings that um, really rose to the level of, of, uh, of big deals, frankly. Um, and we're just going to continue to evaluate that once we hear, you know, if we, we're, we're, I'm asking our coaches, you, if you hear about it on the recruiting trail, if you hear about it, you know, please let me know right away so that we can, you know, if we need to, to change course and do something different, um, we certainly will. So, but most institutions are, are following what we're doing. Um, and really the handful of deals are those, you know, Alabama quarterbacks and um, even D, division three institute, uh, division three athletes, for example, that are um, do-it-yourself projects that building she sheds who have, you know, thousands and thousands of followers and they're getting NLI deals that are, have nothing to do with the fact that they're a division three volleyball player. They're getting these <laughs> NLI deals because of their following because of, you know, they, they build the greatest she sheds you've ever seen. Um, and we just don't have athletes that have that, you know, that fit the term influencer that are going to attract some of those deals at this point. We hope to eventually, but, um, that's where we're at with it. Good question, Tim. Yeah. It's a good question. So. Yep. So I've got a, a next question. Uh, are there any future facility improvement initiatives with the arena or behind the scenes that you're currently pushing, looking for donations for, or, um, you know, in the plans in the works, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we um, actually just finalized, did our final walkthroughs with architects and engineers. We are going to be doing um, a renovation in the locker room, the weight room, the um, sports medicine area, and we're actually going to be extending um, our weight room area into where the puck pit is and kind of enclosing all of that for um, some shooting machines and drills and, and some things like that. So we should have our information probably right after the first of the year. And uh, we have some donors lined up for it and anticipate breaking. Um, I, I don't want to say breaking ground because it's not new ground, but starting the renovations in as soon as the season concludes and having it ready for the uh, reunion, the hundredth year celebration in August. Cool. So, you know, time flies. The last time we did a full of the space was like, 20 years ago and i'm like 20 years ago i haven't been here that long but yeah i have uh, it doesn't um, feel like it was that long just so, the hockey center got added right yeah it was yeah right what was it like so and you know 16 years ago we got the new seats i don't something like that 15 years oh, ago. it wasn't yeah. that long ago that was was it? Yeah. yeah that really welcome, makes me feel old welcome to feel like old Dustin. yeah <laughs> well russell was still the coach when that happened so it's been at least 10 years. I'm going to enjoy the time when I get to laugh at you guys, because I was all just there when I got there. <laughs> so kind of speaking to that, like how how popular has the, like, what is it, Row 555 been and, and some of the changes you've made recently? Like, how has that gone over? Uh, Rail 555 in honor of John McGinnis's 555 wins has been a, a just... Um, <laughs> an absolute home run, um, really popular. Um, we have several season ticket packages that have been sold there. And then um, we really um, have sold a lot of game by game, whatever, whatever's been left. Um, they absolutely love it. The reviews are, are really good on it. Um, who wouldn't love watching a game from that uh, viewpoint? And uh, with 
with personalized bar service and <laughs> catering. So um, it's a pretty good deal. And it, it really is um, great for those that don't, you know, can't, our suite list is, um, we have a waiting list on our suites that is pretty long for the private, you know, the ones in the center. Um, and uh, it's a great alternative with a lot of this, you know, similar amen amenities. So that's been really good. And then moving the beer garden to ice level has been a hit um, as well. And then the platforms we are doing, you know, we just launched the platforms there as private uh, parties. And if we don't have a private party rental, we open them up to the people that are um, in the beer garden. So that's worked out really well. Um, we're getting really positive results or really positive comments on that. So if there's such a wait list for the suites, when are you going to blow out the other wall and put in some more? <laughs> so, yeah, we've just gone through. I, well, no, that's a great question because I do have um, plans for it. Um, I'll be honest, we we have the plans to um, renovate that end and put in a, uh, the plan is for a, a big club. Um, and we shelved the idea because when we get 4,000 fans in our arena, um, we work really hard to get 4,000 fans and it's, it's really hard. It's 27% of the population, which is a ridiculous percentage of people that are in the Mac. And when we started looking at the math and doing the numbers, I felt like we were just going to be displacing people that were in the, in the community section and buying season tickets. And I certainly don't want a rink to look empty considering that's where sure. a lot of the camera angle. Um, so we, we shelved it. Um, and there were some other renovations in there that included, um, and, you know, widening the concourses and a better entry to the general public by university images there. Um, but with the university strategic plan and a new president, we are looking to um, go to 10,000 students. That's the goal. And if we, we get to 10,000 students, it creates a need for more seats for students in which case we would want the club and displace some of those season ticket holders. On, <laughs> I think, Tim, you called it the old people section. Um, <laughs> if, if those folks would move into, into the club area because we would want, instead of 750 students, we might want 1,500 students, you know, if we're at 10,000 overall students on campus, which I think is really going to be great for athletics and really great for um, hockey as well, is if we get to, those, to that goal. Um, I think it's really going to be advantageous for, for our programs. So to answer your question, yes, the, the East end is still, we, we, we dusted it off and put that back into the master plan. Um, and uh, as well as some other, a few other things in athletics um, are on the master plan for the entire campus in this entire strategic plan for 2035. So, so, so does that master plan include adding a D one women's team? Um, so at this point, um, the master plan is strictly about facilities, I know, I just, um, I take <laughs> but my programming list for what's that? I, I know. I was just trying to segue. <laughs> well, that's all. <laughs> oh, I understand I, that it's about I'm facilities. I'm just trying to segue. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll segue into it though, um, because I do get this question often and, um, since I've been AD, I've been um, looking at the women's ice hockey. I played, I played hockey. I'm passionate about it. I played it as, as a child and um, grew up playing it. Um, there is just a really long list just of women's sports that I can add for, for the cost that that would, would be. Um, it's not, doesn't mean that it's never going to happen, 
but there are a list of sports um, like women's soccer. Um, we added that about 10 years ago and it's been, it's been great. We're looking at a few other sports um, that includes men and women and hockey's on the list, Tim, but um, that ROI is just really tough to overcome. I understand. It, I, I, I think the whole point, like I, I'd love to see it, but I also understand that like you're, you're already asking a lot of the community to come out to 20 hockey games a year for the men. Um, but, it, but I think it's really sad that the state of Michigan has such support for men's hockey and has no D one women's teams at all. And it'd be nice to see, even if it's Michigan tech, somebody step up and, and promote that within the state and give women's scholarship opportunities to stay home and play hockey. Yeah. And, you know, we do have some uh, pretty large institutions in the state of Michigan that have pretty deep pockets. Um, I won't say <laughs> whom, but aren't in the UP, like that. Yeah. Um, that really opportunity and probably, <laughs> and, yeah, and probably, and probably have some title nine and gender equity issues that they could address by adding it. Um, you know, that's the other factor at Michigan tech is that, you know, being, you know, 70, 30 mix, I'm not being pushed to add women's sports because we're actually already pushing the envelope on that in terms of participation. So um, it's, you know, it's part of that big puzzle that I have to put together and uh, in terms of what sports are added and what makes sense. So on a, a little more fun note for you, how excited are you to have a couple nephews coming up to play for Michigan Tech in the <laughs> near future? Yeah, very. Um, I was, I will say I was very relieved about a year, two years ago when they both verbally committed because Thanksgiving and dinner would have been pretty awkward <laughs> um, if they wouldn't have. Committed. Um, no, you know, what is really neat. Um, both Trevor and Kyle have been, you know, came to Michigan tech hockey school for many, many years when they were kids and they would stay with me. Um, my boys are about their same age. So very close um, family. Um, and they'd stay with us. And um, I just, I, I'll never forget one year, Kyle just ripped it up and everyone at like, he was head and shoulders above every other participants there. And coaches then were like, this kid's got something special. And he does. And they absolutely love Houghton. They, um, you know, both their parents are tech grads, both their grandparents, all their grandparents are from here. And uh, I feel really blessed that, you know, they're going to play here. And uh, I think they're just great kids. They're really very, very good students, which is what, what we love. Um, and uh, yeah, just, it's going to be fun to watch them. Now they they pronounce their name the same way I'm used to from a Copper Country family, right? It's Kukunen. You don't have to worry yeah, about like do. 16 different Pietala pronunciations here where no. there's the downstate <laughs> and there's the, there's the Copper Country pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. No, you got uh, it. They, they make, <laughs> they correct people to make sure they get it the right way too. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things we've talked about, like Tim and Tim and Dustin and Matt have both asked and they've all asked how, how do we actually say that one? I'm like, well, there was, there's a Kukunen family in Lakeland and I don't know if they're related to that family as well or not. That's the same family, Judge Kukunen's family. Yep. That would be his, their grandfather. Okay. Yep. So that's, yep. Um, there was, there was a Kukunen a few years ahead of me at Lake Linden in, in school. So I, I know the name as well. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm glad to hear we don't have to worry about a, a complicated pronunciation sheet. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's been... you won't have a you won't have a challenge with it, but it sounds like Dustin and Matt might have. So <laughs> yeah. no. no, we just I wanted to make sure. I thought I thought I think I had it right. It was just like Rob, please yep. confirm. Because <laughs> sometimes it's you been... don't know. I mean, it took me for like Joe didn't know how to spell uh, pronounce. I don't know how many different ways he's pronounced Corsia on the radio show. Um, and I was like, I got to look at the line chart and actually figure out which one's right because he says it differently like every week. <laughs> See what was helpful for me. I just started calling him Q. I, yeah. it's just easy. <laughs> See what was helpful for me was like when his intro video came out and you hear him say it himself, and I was like, "All right, I'm going with what he says." <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun for one year where there there was the three Pietalas and they all insisted it was a different pronunciation. And even though they're all related, it's like, how does this happen, guys? Come on. <laughs> yeah, what? And then what? Didn't Joe say that it was? Uh, Grandpa finally put the foot down and said, "No, you're picking one because yeah, I don't want to hear different it, names on the radio." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I, I can see that. Yeah, that was that's still a funny, that's still a joke that a lot of people tell. I look forward to the day where we don't have to talk about why we lost the first round uh, <laughs> tournament game. Yeah, that'll be nice. I, oh. Those take me a long time to recover. Oof. Uh, they're, no, they're I don't think you're alone. You're not alone. Uh, it's, we keep yeah. doing it in a Lots style. Of- we do it in a style where we sh- we're so close to winning it, too. You know, Fargo <laughs> and Sweeney falling on the blue line after missing it. The, the puck on the right on the post against Notre Dame. It just hurts. You see, and I know as sad as it is to talk about this kind of stuff, I, I love hearing you say that. About it. Yeah. Well, there's we, that, but I also yeah. love hearing Suzanne talk about it this way because you've got your hands so involved in the program and it's you can just hear it in your voice how, how much it means to you. And that's very cool for me as a fan. But it's also really cool that, you know, we're really not we're we're not that far away, right? I mean, it is conceivable that we could do it, you know, as a program, we can do it. There's no reason that tech cannot go all the way and win a championship. This, what I'm talking about when I was in Boston, Providence won the championship. <laughs> Providence wasn't the better team than tech that year. There's no reason that we can't do it. Well, and, right. And what was, what was the year, the year that we lost to Wisconsin in the final five under Russell, that team was better than Michigan state and Michigan state won the title that yeah, year. We were, like, in, we were in St. Louis and we watched Michigan state and we're like, Michigan state was not better than tech this year. And that was back when was, we didn't even have any hope back then. That was no, just like, that was like the first year that we got hope that next year would be good enough to get there. Right. Like, right. Yeah. It just needs to, it just needs to come together. Well, that's what, that's why I like college hockey over basketball and football. I'm just glad to be on and you all feel my pain. <laughs> oh yeah. And we all talk no, over it's... each other and we'll be happy if you talk over us. So don't worry about waiting your turn. <laughs> yeah. oh, we can, we can clean yeah. that up in post. No. Yeah. Tim edits all this stuff. We don't even know what happens in the background. No. People want to no hear idea. you way more than they want to hear us. No. I spend about four hours on Tuesdays editing this stuff. So. <laughs> now, you know, we, um, we have every opportunity to win a national championship. And uh, I, I firmly believe that. And um, we're, we're going to, Um, we, 
need to create a little more luck on our on our part to to not have those two things that you just talked about right. happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and just play a way that you know it it doesn't. And uh, but I, I believe we have all the pieces in place to to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I believe it. I mean, I I work towards it every day. I believe it, and I think that's why. I, you know, when you're flying home or busing home after those first round games and you're just like, it's almost surreal. Like I really believed it. So I believed it so much. <laughs> I can't believe it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I've got, what do we got? This one's, yeah, this one's, uh, I got whatever year this was, what I'm wearing right now. Yeah. It's, you know, 2018s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I buy the hoodie every time we get to one. I got three of them. I, if you would have told me that 20 years ago that I'd have three hoodies from yeah. the national tournament and go into events, I would have laughed you out of the room. We weren't there. It wasn't going to happen. And that's and that's true. Progress is amazing. I, I I believe that we can do it, right? I believe that it's all in front of us. We we can win one. If you would have told me that when I graduated, yeah, that's I would have laughed too. you out of the room, right? That's, that's hilarious because when I got there, everyone in my generation, all they know is a good hockey team. Which yeah, is so funny because, like, I've been there. You're a bunch of spoiled. But Matt, guys, but, yeah. Matt. <laughs> but even then, I don't know if you really. Like, yes, I guess towards the end you started to feel that way, but uh, like, it's amazing to me that, uh, like, when all when all the changes happened, did you really think Wisconsin was going to be this crappy? Like, it felt like there are so many programs that are down that shouldn't be right now. You. You, like I would make no Wisconsin sense to be one of the, the like the losers out of the reshuffling, right? Like, right. But who knows? Or, there's a few of them that seem like it. Okay, looking back, like okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like Colorado College, right? They're at the bottom of the NCHC. Miami struggle on there as well. You can yeah. see. Well, oh, I actually, I actually kind of thought Miami was going to be. You know, they were flying high you know, for a while. I'm more surprised by Miami being at the bottom than CC. But we all knew somebody was going to sink to the bottom of that conference. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be at the bottom. I, mean, I think just... we thought it would be more of like a up and like any of the eight teams. It'd be like the, the what is it, the NFC South where it always seemed like the last place team won the next year. Um, mm-hmm. Where, it. yeah. but, but it's like, it's surprising that I mean, I mean, like you're right, Dustin. And hopefully, the new rink helps them. But CC just kind of sank to the bottom and has stayed there. And mm-hmm. then look at Western. Like, what was Western before Western, the switch? They basically Western's the biggest surprise, right? Like, yeah. Western went from being one of the poorer teams in the CCHA to now they're one of the best teams in the country this year. Like, yeah. and, and they've I, been very competitive for quite a few years in the NCHC. Yeah. Somehow they have turned this into a huge positive for their program. And it probably helps that they had they had the right personnel come in at the right time in the in and the now they've been able to build on it and, and be that right. be the Michigan team in the NCHC. You want to go to mm-hmm. the best conference, but you want to stay in Michigan? Here we are. And yep. I think that's really helped them. And you know, all the talk of Miami and Michigan Western Michigan changing conferences western wants nothing to do with it they love right it's also it's oh, also western interesting to me you're, you're so it's interesting to me because you're so much about facilities and what that does to draw recruits but as somebody that uh played all of their uh minor hockey in western michigan lawson was my least favorite rink i ever played well i take that <laughs> i take that back the rink in battle creek it's literally called that worst rink i played in but the right after that 
right the rent the rink is bad but anyway well, um after that it's lawson like i hated playing there it just okay, felt well, like everything was old. i've never been there so i i, I don't know anything about it so I mean, yeah I didn't, it's just, I didn't realize that but it's but winning it's, cures it's a, a lot of problems retro, Matt. yeah i know but it's a retro building like it's <laughs> yeah like you hear about like the newest and the fanciest things like that's what draws recruits but clearly that's not every piece of the puzzle if kids are still picking western and making it a national power yep no, well, coaching matters too, and I feel like Andy Murray did a huge, you know, he did he did a lot to turn that that program around. Well, let's do one more question for you, Suzanne. Then we'll let you go. Um, one of our listeners, Marvin Wilson, wants to know: Has Michigan Tech ever considered hosting a four-team tournament in Houghton? And if if that's been talked about, or what kind of obstacles are there for something like that to happen? Um, we certainly have. Um, I think part of it is what teams are expecting for guarantees these days and a 4,000 seat arena um, makes it difficult to maybe meet those um, requirements to cover full travel plus a guarantee. Uh, certainly something we continue to talk about. Um, the other thing that we have most recently that's actually a concern of mine is just our lack of hotel accommodations in in the Houghton area, especially when the Hampton just opened now. And uh, we no longer have a full service catering hotel, which is a bit problematic um, because that's that's often a requirement for division one um, tournaments, division one sports, even just conference stuff. So I don't want to get into the weeds with that for you guys, but small town um, poses some of those challenges, um, even for hosting NCAA tournaments and whatnot for our division two hmm. sports. So Certainly something we um, talked about um, still rolling around. I, I will say one of the, the thoughts and um, things we're thinking about is, is a tournament and in green Bay at the rush. Yeah, Center I was going to pivot selfishly and ask was, is there something coming in green Bay? Cause that would be amazing. As someone um, who lives in Appleton so, now. <laughs> yeah, we actually made some progress in working on it and then COVID hit and um, we've got, Turn, you know, everyone's schedules got all screwed up, like, you know, where, where we had commitments. I mean, we had Michigan coming in and I'm working with Michigan now to try to, to, to redo, you know, that, that contract because, you know, our, our, is every, some programs are pushing games out and just, you know, meeting those non-conference needs exactly, you know, just one year later but then other schools are flipping things around. So it's a mixed bag right now, trying to, to get those games in and to, to, to fulfill the contractual obligations that COVID kind of messed up. Um, so, but to answer your question, Rob, we, we are still um, exploring that. We just got to find a year that works for the teams that we want to have there. And that's sure. the biggest hurdle right now, trying to get yeah, four teams. Wisconsin the four just started up. All yeah, right. and, and, you know, the, and the other thing is hard is, you know, um, we really work hard on trying to get home and home series with non-conference institutions. And Wisconsin's been great because they are going to come to the map. And that's important to us to also have teams in our building. And I'd rather have them in our building than, than go to the rush. Um, yes, please don't do any two for ones. Great. We will all be happy. That's we great. don't care who it is. Don't do two for one. Well, <laughs> I am trying very hard. And uh, Coach Sean is really committed to not. Um you know, and uh, so far we're okay with it. Um, anyway, yeah, we're working through those things. Some institutions are better 
to work with than others. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the fact and it to me, the fact that we're pushing one for ones like that is is a huge positive for the program to not not give up that home ice advantage just because the big school wants it. It is one of the things that I think makes college hockey unique in the in the you know the D one arena, right? You don't have to say yes to that and give up that those two games because a big school wants you to. I love the fact that we're playing, you know, St. Lawrence and Clarkson on a regular basis, and that's becoming a almost a tradition at this point that we go up to upstate New York and and then they come back. Those are those are fantastic games with a good program upstate that has traditionally been really strong in their conference and. And we have history with them too. I mean, we've played them for a national title before, right? It's just really cool to see that series be a thing again, whether it, you know, come from Joe's friendship with the coach out there who, whose name is escaping me right now, but he's one of the guys that shows up for a blue line luncheon as well, because, you know, he, he he's, he's driving that type of community involvement with his program as well. And I look forward to making it out there for a trip out that direction myself those type of trips are way better than a, all right, we're going to go to Madison for four games and they're going to come up for one or only one series or, you know, some of the other downstate institutions, right. That, that may be the difficult ones to deal with, with leaving the names off, but, you know, seeing one for ones and, and seeing that, that there are programs that are willing to respect that is fantastic. I love seeing that. I think yeah, and we work, positive to move that we way. Work hard, we work hard with that. And I, I think it's important that we need our, our, our member school, all our member schools to do it because, yep. you know, yeah. they're going to, you know, it, so, um, yeah. So we'll, we, we continue to work exactly for what you said with the one for ones and, uh, home and home and, and protect that, um, our home slate of games. Oh, two, okay. two, I have two more questions that are kind of tournament related. First of all, um, is there any chance that we're going to go to Las Vegas again soon? Because I remember <laughs> this is a uh, you probably, personal you probably don't remember me, <laughs> but I remember having a drink with you and Joe at the bar at what's the, the hotel right next to the arena that was being renovated. And now they had like plastic sheets down and stuff. It was after the game. Okay. And I just um... love watching games in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> know that we have i'm trying to think what year we're working out i mean we're into 25 26 already with um games we are going back to arizona next and year yep. Coming- yep. we heard that yep. yeah um and then they're, they're coming here at some point we pushed their re- we they're supposed to come here during the covid year and we actually pushed it out a little bit for them to come back at a later date um and if we're in i'll just say we're inquiring about vegas how about that <laughs> oh, I love to hear. I love to hear it's on the table because a trip uh, to Vegas to watch tech hockey is that? just about pure heaven. <laughs> are they? Um, are they doing the tournament this year? I don't think so. No, the, I don't uh, think is so. there one in Vegas? I don't remember this one in Vegas. There's another well, desert one, I think. Right. I was just yeah. looking at the schedule and I did not see a Vegas one. I didn't either. So I'm wondering um, what whatever happened to it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have just hit a home run with following. They don't feel like they need to bring college hockey yeah. there. Yeah, you know, they that have could be, filled, that they could filled be. a niche out there. They seem to have a yeah. decent following right away. They're doing really well with yeah. that. 
And as much as I hate to say it, I'm not sure if it's the same thing if the Mandalay Bay incident doesn't happen because I feel like it was just such a rallying cry for the city and they like clung on to that and like the steam has just kept going. But like if that doesn't happen, I'm not sure how much it takes off. I'm so disappointed the fact that we had such a great time out there. And if it doesn't happen again. You have to go to Phoenix then. (laughs) Yeah. There's no casinos. Well, there are casinos yeah. there, Dustin. They're just not the there's, same. There's no yeah, Game of Thrones slots. It's functions ATMs for Dustin. slots and <laughs> the Phoenix Dustin. trip was a good one too. And that's one of those ones where you know you talked about the kind of the inclusiveness and the the fans. Like there were pep band alumni that went over to the Arizona State band and were kind of I don't want to say helping them. They they were playing songs, but kind of like. You know, this is when you should start playing. You need shorter songs to play during period breaks. You know, it's not a basketball. It's not a football game. It's a little different. Here's what you should do. You know, so there were pep band members that went and joined the Arizona State pep band to help them out. Well, see, that was fun like, because, like, that was back when I was a student and we joined, like, the Arizona State student section when they were playing Northern because right. we were just like, we hate these guys, like, more than you guys do. So <laughs> yeah, but, like, at, at, one, point, at like, one point, at one point before one of the games in Vegas, in one of the you know areas outside the arena, but you know, right off yeah, of New York, New York, we we were playing cornhole with northern fans. We were all we were wearing tech jerseys. There were northern fans wearing northern jerseys. We were playing cornhole against them, and at the, we we're less like you know what we hate each other, but isn't it nice to be in Vegas right now? <laughs> it's like eighty <laughs> degrees out. We're gonna go watch hockey. It rained was, while we were there. I don't know if you remember that. Home. But in but in Phoenix, we got to go on college game day yeah, we, and do we stupid Michigan Tech chants, and everybody we looked did. at us like, "What's going on?" Yeah, we we did E to the X in the middle of college game day with tech <laughs> uh, with the, with our flags and stuff uh, mm. on ESPN. And all the, the Clemson of, and Alabama fans are like, "Yeah, because they're going on the national title." We started to cheer up in the middle of one of the breaks and then ran away. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I, so I did have one other question. So maybe a little bit more serious than that because that was that was more fun. (laughs) Um, Is there any discussion at all about the potential future hosting of an NCAA regional now that the Resch Center is seemingly a no go on that weekend? Um, So NCAA, I saw hockey is one of three championships that actually makes money for um, the NCAA. It's not a losing in losing financial endeavor. Um, I, it's a good question that I should, I should look and see if they've actually changed any of the criteria, Dustin, I should look because previously our facility wasn't big enough to do, to do that. And you're right. The rush center really isn't a possibility anymore because they are just hitting a home run with the, you know, state of Wisconsin girls basketball, Mm -hmm. um, at that time um and but we had um previously there was a capacity conversation um i would also say that it's probably fairly unlikely because we like i said earlier we don't have the hotels um the hotels at a, a caliber that we need with full catering service like full service hotels um that's a challenge uh to bring three teams in and um find enough rooms and um we need, we need a little bit of growth in the community um, in that realm. And it's, I love the Hampton. I'm really glad, but you know, they no longer have catering, catering services. And so even for the um, CCHA championship, we, we have to partner with the caterer 
to, to make sure they have catering access to the teams for hosting the WCHA tournament. So we have to do a lot more work to make those things happen. And I know that's getting into the weeds with you guys, but that's oh, my that's world fine. as a, that's my world as AD. Things that we get, you know, we you obviously hear or, or, you know, in discord or whatever, as we're talking, those kind of questions do come up and people don't realize that there's behind the scenes reasons like that, that are why it doesn't happen. You know, you hear yeah. the complaint about the rest center not being used, but yeah, it, it, that weekend is Wisconsin State girls basketball, and, and like you said, it's been very successful for the rest center. You know, and the the year DU went and won the, won the national title, they started out at a at the regional hosted by us at uh, at the rest center. I was at all those games. Why not the college yeah. hockey games? I remember my, my dad backyard. calling me asking why the Michigan Tech logo was on the boards. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> It, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I think people don't don't realize is there, and just hearing that is is a it's a helpful thing to to get that out there, right? That, yeah, and, the facilities issue. And one of the concerns that we have talked about many times in this podcast is just the the disparity between Eastern regionals and Western regionals in NCAA hockey. It, you think about how many great programs and how much dominant hockey there is in the West, and then to think that. One of our regionals is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right. Oh. Like it. It that's, seems that's like a, it seems not a tech problem to solve. Though, it's not a tech problem either. to solve. Yeah. It's not a tech it's problem a to solve. Hockey problem to solve. It's a. It's a. It's a systemic problem of some kind, right? It. It. it well, it's an it, issue. It's, it's a problem because most of the facilities that are appropriate size and meet the requirements of the NCA are disqualified because they're home rinks for institutions. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. There yeah. are very few. Yep rinks in the midwest that make any sense to host a regional that meet the requirements because who's mm-hmm. going to host in peoria who's going to host in des moines nobody because it, it's they, not worth the risk of paying the nca to lose thousands of dollars right and and then as a result all of all of the western hockey teams you know are a disadvantage because of it and all of us fans have to fly to go see our team because they're never close enough to try. As somebody that loves playing at Wings Event Center, and that's my favorite place to play hockey, I, I keep hoping Western bids them, but <laughs> we'll see. I understand if they're, I don't know if they're uh, up to capacity or uh, standard or anything, but I just, I loved playing there so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I brought up the capacity thing because you've got to ensure so much so many dollars guarantee and uh tim you know tim it, that's exactly why it, it's a problem and um and there's a whole list of amenities that you have to have and um a big one is is the hotel piece i mean that's a big deal yeah and you're not gonna to wanna, see, yeah i'd love to see actual stats on attendance versus capacity and sometimes that makes me feel like the nca is is pushing for yeah. capacity reasons because you get the north dakota scenario where right North Dakota fills the arena no matter where they are, so they can host it. You know, two hours down the road in Sioux Falls. But they, but they hosted it. They hosted it in Fargo, and and Shields Arena in Fargo is not a big arena. Shields Arena in Fargo is basically the smallest you can do. Right. Yeah. It is. But you get all these arenas that when you when you watch the tournament are so empty. That is that capacity reason really a valid reason to to set the size? Mm -hmm. I get. I get what they're going at there, but you have so many empty arenas. It's, 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 it hurts to watch sometimes. And that, and that's why you've seen fewer arenas even bid on it because right. of the placement of teams. Um, I mean, even when we had the rush center, I mean, 
and we did I think one year Wisconsin was in the tournament and not at the site anyway yep. there was or there yep. was a there was a close yep. there was a close team that got put somewhere else and the rush center was like why are we even doing that why you know yeah because, but Providence ends up and, in Providence not as a host every, every year, time no matter what yeah I don't get it <laughs> right they get their yeah. Connecticut or, or Rhode Island game every year. Yeah, that, that always seems to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's the I don't know what you I don't know what the, the fix is for for that first set of that first set of games. Well, there's no good fix. That's it's the problem. for there, Western no to bid Wings fix. Event Center because it's the perfect yeah. size. No, it's, it's like not. It's not six thousand seats. <laughs> it's not because you got that goddamn lake in the middle that completely f's up know. any kind of if travel only, for half of the Western Michigan hockey. Didn't ruin that. No, we, middle, we, right? we, <laughs> It, yeah. I mean, it's it's a better part of the Midwest than Allentown, Pennsylvania, though. It is, it is it's better, but like, but there's no good options. Like, I mean, I asked the question because it's something that we talk about a lot, and and it's been it's, a frustration it's a because it's a frustration, yeah. Because it's not even like honestly, I feel like if there was a regional in town again, I would just go to go and see games to support it, so that Minnesota would bid more. And by in town, you mean in the Twin Cities, right? Yes, yeah, in the Twin yeah. Cities. Because I, yeah. I mean, I don't. But the other nice thing about the Twin Cities is it isn't that hard to get a last minute ticket from wherever you are to Minneapolis. Well, the problem with the Twin Cities is we've had how many opportunities to actually build a properly sized arena, and everybody seems to screw it up at every chance. Yeah. But that's a different discussion. I'm probably going to go down to the quick trip invitational, whatever they're calling it. That's down in Milwaukee over Christmas because I'm off. I'm taking two weeks off for Christmas. I can go down and watch two hockey games an hour and a half away. You should go watch watch that one day and then go to Mun the next day or something. There's, there's, yeah, take the Badger. Take the Badger Ferry. (laughs) No, the Badger and the Badger and the Lake Express close in the winter. They don't run in the winter. Otherwise, that'd be definitely. They're not icebreakers. Not icebreakers. I'm pretty sure the Badger would be fine with the ice, but no, it does not. It does not run during. You're going to have to take a dog sled then. Yeah. No, I'm going to go down to those because they're close enough. And in all honesty, if there's going to be a holiday tournament in Wisconsin, I want to do my part to show that it's something that should be in the state, right? I, I, it's it's exciting that there's teams coming into Wisconsin for that, and that the five surf has the ability to have ice there. So it, it, I think it's a good thing to see. I don't, I don't care about any of the teams whatsoever, but it's a chance to go watch two hockey games. And if I have to drive down by myself mm-hmm. and my wife doesn't want to go, that's fine too. You know, <laughs> whether or not I can stretch it into a trip over to over to the to Yost and Mun, maybe I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> That's a, long, so, that's a long stretch. One of the yeah, things we've you know. talked about on the podcast before when it comes to regionals, has there any been any talk about the CCHA trying to do something collectively for regionals or or come up with a plan to help share the burden of losses if 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 you try and host something? I know we've talked about trying to come up with some kind of rotation where like four different teams try to bid over four years but they're kind of in it financially together so nobody has to take the big loss because one year it didn't work out well um i i think that that will be conversation i think ccha we have our finally have our feet on the ground with just launching the new league and getting a full staff in the office and just taking care of um, a lot of other things a lot of things like our web stream and um professionalizing that and just 
a lot of work with the CCHA just to get it up and running, which is going very well, by the way, at least in my opinion. No, um, I, you won't you won't hear any argument from any of us either. I'm. It's been fantastic yeah. to watch. What the experience from afar has been incredible. Yeah, no, it's, it's been that's not yeah. just an inside view. That's an outside view as well. Okay, and I'll tell you just the the um just the level of professionalism in terms of my dealings with the conference office, our head and shoulders, you know, dealing with the officials, supervisor officials, the commissioner himself, um, just really happy with that. But you bring up a good point in, in partnering um, kind of, you're seeing that right now with the hockey hall of fame, the um, icebreaker tournament where two institutions are kind of partnering with it and um, you know, bringing in some smaller venues, I think Bemidji and North Dakota, um, are getting the icebreaker and sharing it, which is pretty cool. Why couldn't Tech yeah, in Northern? Cool. Why couldn't yeah, Tech in cool. Northern like that? So, um, we, I think you know we're hoping to to start having some of those conversations. Oh, awesome! Not not, just, but you bring up a good point about regional, um, and I, I think that's something our league should talk about for sure. I we we talked about it a few weeks ago, but. Duluth, Minnesota is the perfect place for a regional. There's just nowhere to host that's not at University at of Minnesota Amsoil, Duluth yeah. Arena, right? At Amsoil. But yeah. how do you deal with NCAA rules like that? I mean, it seems like you're fighting against a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, they don't make it easy sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah. I do appreciate some of those questions, and I appreciate you letting me get into the weeds on on. Um, regionals as well as the GLI and just making sure people understand, you know, really, really what's at stake and really what the conversations are. And um, absolutely, we want to be playing at Little Caesars and um, are working very hard to make that happen. It's just, it's not, it's not the same financial model as Joe Lewis Arena. And, um, you know, some things have changed or that we need to work through. So. Absolutely. And it's very cool to hear about the uh, the X's and O's behind that, because it's very easy for fans at home to hear about what's going on and get outraged over what's, you know, <laughs> essentially just uh, a, a, a situation that's not the one that that's not our favorite. Correct. But it's 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 cool to hear like the insider perspective on it. And we I appreciate you for that. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for just, coming on. <laughs> I read some of the comments and I'm like, I, I'm like, <laughs> Of course, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this is like, we did not, you know, this, please understand there's more to it than just this because, um, you know, we have a really talented staff at Michigan, Michigan Tech Athletics and with our hockey program. And we have some really smart people that, you know, we're brainstorming and, um, you know, we're working very hard to do the best for our programs. And we know (laughs) we don't need, so it's, uh, it's good yeah. to have a conversation about it, which is why I was really glad Tim reached out. So thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, and Suzanne, yeah, thanks for spending time with us. I, I, I speak for myself, but I think I also speak for the other guys in saying that, you know, I, I'm very impressed with what you've done with the Michigan Tech program with your. And it's not just, you know, it's the, not just hockey, the, too. No, the full athletic program yeah. at, at Tech since, since you became athletic director. Um, you've, you've done a great job and you've been a great representative of the school. And the the program as a whole, and you know, I think you deserve a ton of credit for getting Michigan Tech hockey specifically back on the map. And you know, we are nationally competitive; we are nationally relevant again. And 
a lot of that is because of the work that you've put in and what you've done. And we recognize that. And I think you deserve a lot of credit for that. I'll say it again. I have a talented staff of people that work really hard and we've committed to um, not just athletic excellence, but academic excellence and, and that academic excellence and both athletic and academic excellence come along with, you know, mental health support and nutrition support and facilities and just a variety of things. So we're committed to all aspects of that. And uh, um, I feel really proud of it. I'm, you know, and it, it's a tribute to just um, the hard work, the hardworking people we have that are very passionate about passionate about Michigan Tech and want to be at Tech and 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 do it the right way and do it, um, you know, for our for our alums and um, all the people that came before us. So, thanks for that and uh, um, love what I do and we're going to win a championship. So, <laughs> love to hear it. Love to no, hear it's, it. a, it's a legacy that's in good hands and is only <laughs> yes. moving forward. It certainly takes a village, but a lot of those things have to go through your eyes first. And we <laughs> we want to make sure that you're you're not just you're not waffle boarding your uh, your praise into the corner because we really do appreciate everything you've done. Yeah, yeah and well, thanks for spending way more than the thirty to forty five minutes I think I quoted you. <laughs> well, I I want to um I got to thank Tim for uh, spending about an hour with me over breakfast at, early on in my career to talk about tech hockey and the misfits and fans and um it was yeah. I remember that breakfast very well. So. <laughs> me too. That was that was <laughs> the first time I mentioned to you that these guys think I should be in the Hall of Fame, and you got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That was so, that was a subtle way to plug that he wants to talk about. Yeah. It, but... <laughs> hey, it that actually happened. Well, so, yeah. All right. Okay. But, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thanks and, very uh, much. It's great happy talking holidays. to you. I'm sure we'll have to do this again. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well. Enjoy and yeah. you know, enjoy spending time with the family. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, and I'd happy to do this again. You know, maybe after the in the summer or I don't know yeah. sometime. Maybe yeah, off-season, off-season chats are always good. We can talk about not actual on-ice stuff. <laughs> they yeah. work well yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure most of us are going to yep. try to be up for the uh, 100-year alumni stuff, too. So maybe we'll try to do something in person even. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be a good time. And uh, maybe the locker room will be done and we could do a tour. Nice. Yeah, that would be, be cool. That'd maybe be good. Yeah. Yeah, do a podcast no, from we're... the locker room. That would be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it in Filky Dental at the way home. <laughs> we're hoping all the bids come in okay and uh we'll see what happens but we'll be doing some renos so that'll that might be a fun thing to do so yeah that's exciting yeah. all right good to hear okay thank Thanks. you yeah. all right thank you so much suzanne bye right. bye I think we need to start having telling guests they can just do the Irish goodbye and just log off in the middle of it sometime. I can because the goodbyes seem like they take twenty minutes now. That's true. That's true. But also, like, I feel like I speak for I could talk to Suzanne for like four hours if she wanted to stay. (laughs) And you know what? That was other than other than the the lost Lucia episode. That was like the best discussion that we've had. Like, best. I think so too. That was a lot of great Mm -hmm. insider perspective, and, and yeah. I mean, and Dr. Sproul was great last week. Like, it's been. It's been fun doing some of this stuff and and getting to one minute remaining in the podcast. 
that should do it for this episode of the Chasing Wayne podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Patrons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch, which you'll probably get in 2026 based on supply chain issues. <laughs> uh, black level or above also gets you access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of most episodes. Since some episodes we do full versions just because I can't figure out what to cut, which is what's going to happen with most of this one, I think. Patrons at the white level or above get access to our Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, and Cam Ellsworth which by the time this episode is out will have happened. That is actually tomorrow night. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, you can submit questions. Well, whatever. Nobody ever does that. You can submit questions to our Patreon page, our Facebook page, or on Twitter whenever we ask for questions. We pretty much record at 8 p.m. Central every Monday, so if you've got a question, go ahead and just ask us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. We're going to try something new this year. If you give us a five-star rating, which apparently is specific to Apple Podcasts, Dustin will read the review. You leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. I know you broke up like a decade ago, but you gave me access to your music for free. So we use it. <laughs> Have <laughs> if you like what Gordon you hear, yet? check Is them Gordon, out at, at the thank you note. What's that? Do we have access to Gordon in Gordon in our Lightfoot? New live, I mean, if he's on Spotify, so if I mean, he's on Spotify, yeah, yeah we can is. probably do that. We can have we can have a maybe I'll do that for the uh, maybe I'll do that for this episode specifically. The, pro- the problem get rid of sun sundown on my phone in in uh, in Slack was way too much. Um, yeah, the uh, the. Yeah, let me finish the read here. If you like what you hear, check them out at the thank you notes.bandcamp.com. And a special thanks to Gordon Lightfoot <laughs> for producing the best music ever and allowing us to use it in this podcast. Yeah. And then we'll put it on my hand right there. I actually I actually matched with a girl like who's like obsessed with moon. like Great Lakes Freighters. So I sent her the video of that one going through the portage. And then like the next fucking day, she deleted me on the dating app. I was like, what the fuck happened to the Michigan Freighter girl? Wasn't a big enough boat, apparently. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) no, like I literally like, like I replied to her by saying, (laughs) so you ever seen the Paul Tregurtha? (laughs) Oh, I mean, could be worse. One time on the 4th of July, I started typing in Russian to a girl. <laughs> and then she was done with me. I'll be your, yeah. I'll be your Paul Tregurtha if you're the Portage Canal. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, glad right, I, a... I'm, I'm glad I haven't hit stop yet because that's the start yeah, that's... of the podcast for one of the two weeks. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.